Have you ever experienced something so crippling in your life that has made you feel broken? I have. Are you someone who has a giving heart but is struggling to feel good themselves? Are you consistently putting your needs aside to take care of everyone else? If so, you're not alone. Giving starts with giving to yourself so that you are able to give of yourself to other people. Isn't it time you took back control and discovered what makes you tick? Join me in my journey and find out how you can feel better about yourself, live your best life, and share that with others. Thinking of yourself, it doesn't make you selfish. It makes you brave. I'm Nelia, and this is the Giving Starts With You podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Giving Starts With You podcast. I'm your host, Nelia Hutt. Thank you again for coming and joining another beautiful heart-centered guest. And I know that we're going to have a fantastic, fantastic conversation today. So I wanted to uh, welcome Michelle Quay. How are you, Michelle? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, Nelia. Thank you. And you're in LA. So thank you for joining me today and, and agreeing to come on the show. So I am excited. I want to tell you guys a little bit more about Michelle. So Michelle Quay is an international speaker, certified visibility coach and author who empowers women in building the skill set of resiliency to overcome tragedy, bounce back and find purpose in every challenge. She is the founder of Elevate Life Coaching and the author of the memoir, Perfectly Normal. I'm just so excited. My heart's like pumping. An immigrant story of making it in America. An inspirational journey of overcoming adversity after an automobile accident that changed her life trajectory. Michelle was born in Taiwan and grew up in New York, but today she lives in Los Angeles with her orange short hair cat named Toby, who is working his way to take over the social media publicity. I love this and love Toby already. <laughs> Toby is napping right now, but if had it heard you, he would probably jump onto the camera right now. Oh, that's so great. I, pets are so like, oh, they're more than just pets. They're part of the family, you know? I love I really that. I don't see them as pet. I see them like my fur baby, you know, yeah, they're like exactly. part of the family. And, and I, I, I really empathize with people who have lost their pet because, you know, I myself have lost one last year oh. and it was just so devastating. It's like losing a, like a really important part of your family. So those of you who have lost your pet in the past or who are currently experiencing, my heart goes out to you. Oh, absolutely. It's just like another, just another individual of the family, like another piece of the puzzle, right? <laughs> yeah. It brings so much joy. I know, thing. I know. Yeah. So yeah, Michelle, I am so excited for today. I know we're going to be talking about a few different things. Um, one of the things we're going to be discussing is resiliency. And I just, I want to start and just introduce you to the audience and introduce you to the listeners. Um, I think that your story is really going to help a lot of people out there. And that is one of the main reasons I had you, you know, I invited you to come on the show. We all um, have things in life that sometimes feel like they're going to break us. And how do we get through that, you know, and, and survive and succeed and just become more resilient in our lives. So yes, tell us how this all started. My journey really began when I was 11 years old. 
And when I was 11, I was coming out from school one day. And as I was crossing the street, there was a car coming out of nowhere um, that hit me. And that completely changed the way that I would live my life moving forward. Growing up, it's always been very usual. Nothing stood out. I was very uh, typical, ordinary kid. But little did I know, there's nothing ordinary about life. <laughs> ordinary about the way that I was going to live. Um, so that car accident really changed the way that I, I perceive life and seeing life and also the way that I live life. Um, the car accident uh, causes a permanent damage. So I am physically disabled and I've always been disabled since the day of, day of the accident. Um, I was able to get out of the wheelchair and I'm walking with crutches. But in terms of my height, I'm only four feet, four inches tall. And I spent four years going in and out of hospital, going, doing a lot of repair, repair surgery. By the time I reached to uh, when I was 15, um, my doctor had to release me because my family got the permission to come to America. And so right before I left the hospital, the doctor had given me a pair of, um, you know, the crutches as well as a metal brace to wear. And it has really ugly metal braces, basically two metal plate connected to a, a shoe that was open toe, uh, looks like a military shoe. It doesn't go, it doesn't pair with anything at all. And so there's a lot of judgment in terms of how do I look? And there's no way for me to compare to all these other girls who's in, in school. They're all dressing up in mini skirt, looking all pretty. They're talking about going out on dates, you know, the boys that they like in school. I couldn't be part of that conversation at all because I don't have anything to, to share. I don't look pretty at all, in, at least in my eyes. You know, I didn't look pretty. I look strange. I look weird. And coming to America, it was another added, um, like almost like another icing on the cake because I didn't speak English. So I couldn't communicate with people that, you know, this is how I was feeling. And even if I were, I always get that look of, can you speak a little faster? Uh, did you pronounce it right? So subconsciously, I was judging myself on all the pronunciation. Um, so I start to hang out in like people who speak my language a lot. And that wasn't helping me learning English. I mean, I didn't really want to push myself that far to go and explore and learning how to speak. So that took a while. Um, before you know it, I started to taking regular English class and I actually um, walked myself into the counselor's office and I said, listen, I am ready to get out of English as second language class. I need you to put me into regular English class because this is what I believe I can do. And I remember the counselor was fighting back with me because he, he believed that, you know, I was not ready. So he wanted to keep me in the ESL for another year or two until I'm ready. I'm like, hell no, I am not going to leave your office until you sign the paper, put me into the regular English class. So I was really adamant about what I wanted and I was ready for it. And that was back in high school. That's so, great. Good for you. Good for you. So I think, you know, even nowadays, I st I'm still very conscious about the way that I pronounce. And sometimes people would pause. Maybe they didn't hear me the first time. And I had that impression that, oh, maybe I pronounced something different. Maybe it's something about me. So I'm constantly thinking about what is wrong with me rather than thinking just, you know, without any label, it is what it is. People just didn't hear me. Just repeat yourself. That's all. 
it's funny how we automatically go to the negative, right? Like we automatically think it's us and there must be something wrong with us. Like you're, I can understand you perfectly. Like just like any other English speaking person, <laughs> but good for you for standing up for yourself. Cause that's a lot of change. You know, yeah. you're 11, you get into this, this life-changing accident. You've had to learn how to do all these things differently. Um, and believe in yourself as equals everybody else. Right. Yeah. So, which, which you are, and then to be moving into, you know, America and then to go into the language barrier. So it's one thing after another, for sure. And when you're a teenager, you already have so many changes and questions and just any teenager. So yeah, you had a lot. Yeah. And, and I think the society that we live in or the culture that we live in, it, it, it's not helping at all because there's a lot of person, uh, there's a lot of like per interpersonal relationship, like there's interaction with friends and the people around me. Sometimes that also created a lot of this belief that we're, we're somehow acting differently and therefore we're not normal. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of self-criticism and self-judgment around the idea of we need to be like certain ways look certain way and speak elegantly in order to be accepted into the culture in order to be accepted into a circle of friends and and I remember I, as I was um in my in my college year I remember I was walking on the street one day and then there was a woman from the opposite side of the street and she came across she ran across the the, the street and she was tapping on my shoulder and she asked me what's wrong with me and she would just oh, wow. in my face and she'd go, what's wrong with you? And so, you know, conversation like that, it doesn't help um, for someone who's already carrying a lot of negativity and thinking that, oh, yeah, maybe there is something wrong with me. So there's that judgment. And, and I started to withdraw myself from be participating in any further conversation because something must be wrong with me. Mm. And sometimes we don't think there's anything wrong until somebody points it out. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you know, and maybe it was just a poor choice of language. Maybe she could have said, you know, because sometimes in having conversations with people, I realize that um, if they do have a disability or they feel something is, you know, not 100%, whatever the person feels in their life, um, they would rather somebody ask than just stare at them. So it's okay sometimes, I think. I don't know if you agree, but it's okay to ask, but watch the way that you ask watch the language that you use because the way that she asked you was not a positive thing like it just yeah I, I think most people don't have the language on how to engage and being curious and and sometimes we, we all have that curiosity when I see something strange and something different or something that I feel like inspired to then I want to know more about it, right? Whether it's negative or positive, I want to know more about it. So I think majority of us, you know, in the society that we don't have the language to, to, to express. And it has to do with how we express ourselves um, in front of others and how do we interact with them so that we are not... Um, creating a lot of judgment and there's a judgment piece versus a discernment because they're very different right we i can i can be assertive assertive and discern but without having this judgment pressing up against people so the same way that i would be curious about someone who's looking different or someone might have a disability i would just acknowledge that person first mm. hey you know it must be hard but i'm curious what happened 
And so it's not the way that it's not how we say it's not um, what we say, it's how we say it. Mm, yes. And sometimes I think it can be a combination, maybe sometimes of both. And you don't have to answer the question, but at least you're not walking away feeling worse or feeling something negative about yourself you didn't feel before that that interaction right yeah it, it's such a big lesson to learn how to express ourselves as well as how do we express ourselves without offending others mm -hmm. and and i think it's a big lesson and especially nowadays you know there's a lot of um <laughs> we're we're fighting against each existence it almost feels like that you know, so you know, have a little respect and, and empathy. I, I think the key word here would be empathy, like having a little empathy for people who are going through some, some challenging time. It's very challenging time for a lot of us. Mm -hmm. And having that empathy that you don't have to experience the same issue, you don't have to be disabled in order to okay. understand how inconvenient that could be. Mm. But having that empathy will get you to start thinking about what would it like, what would it feel like? If I'm sitting in the wheelchair and having to reach the shelf, what it feels like if I have to sit in the wheelchair and opening that door? And now, can you use that, that empathy mm -hmm. to do something for the person who's behind you sitting on a wheelchair? Can you open the door for them so that it makes it easier for mm -hmm. that one person? And what do you get out of it, right? Because a lot of us will focus on what, what's in it for me. And I think the society nowadays, it's a lot of us, we focus on what's in it for me. We think about, <laughs> yes. oh, why would I want to do that? Well, there's a number of things, a, a number of reasons why you want to do that. You get enjoyment, you get fulfillment, you get purpose, you have this, an extra new friend that you just met just by opening up the door. This oh. is what you get. Yes. And you just, your heart feels fuller. You get to know yourself better. There's just so many things, so many things. And it's not that, you know, people with disabilities, they, they are still as capable as everybody else. They just have to find a new way to do something. It, yeah. it doesn't mean, you know, and if you don't have a disability, we still have to find new ways to do things because we're not all the same. So it's not really that different, you know, like, I don't know why people, we're still all the same people. We still can do all the same things just differently. And I think we need to be more curious is a good word um, and be more compassionate and more empathetic for sure. Absolutely. Because yeah. honestly, um, you know, I've been researching you a little bit and some of the things that you have done are just fantastic and i know a lot of people that people label as not having disabilities and nowhere near that including me so it's not something you know that we should judge or put labels on i think that's so um ignorant you know people don't don't know so yeah and now that we're talking about it i have to mention it to the audience in case they don't already know but i saw this amazing video of you climbing Machu Picchu. And there were some other videos too. Do you want to tell us what that experience was like for you? Oh my gosh, <laughs> it was horrible. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it, was, it was terrible in the sense that it was four day hike. So the, I, I hike Inca Trail for a total of 26 miles. Uh, I, I think if we were to translate kilometer, I think it's something 40, 40 kilometer or something. 
It's long. And Let's it's just put it that way. It's long. And it's uphill. <laughs> uphill. <laughs> Everything uphill. And the highest uh, altitude is at 14,000 above sea level. Wow. 14,000 feet above sea level. Uh, so that, that's about 3,000 3, uh, uh, kilometer, right? I think uh -huh. the altitude is kilometer. I can never get the matrix right. So anyway, I, I hiked it in September 2016. It was a four-day hike. And I had, I remember I flew myself to uh, Peru by myself with two luggage and two crutches. And I was determined because I was at a point of my life where I don't want to continue to live and feeling sorry for myself. I want to do something different. And that something different, you know, most people would just go to the gym and just work out. We're fine with it. But no, my version of wanting to be something different is I want to be able to participate in the conversation with my friends who just came back from Machu Picchu. Oh. I want to be part of their conversation. That sense of belonging was really important for me. So I decided to do the same uh, and, and having preparation, a mental preparation that I might die up there. Um, so I booked myself um, a four-day trip. I hire an, an extra guy who can walk with me just to make sure that I didn't fall off the cliff and you know disappear from, from the earth. Um, so I was walking with a guide and each day we hike about 10 hours and it's all upward there's a lot of stairs and the, the high of the stairs some of the some of the stairs are really high and so just to give the audience a visual i am four feet four inches tall some some of the steps are as big as my leg so it's as as big um as tall as my leg so the the way that i really need to climb up the stair is i would have to put my crutches down got on my uh, knees and hand, climb up, pick up my crutches, and repeat the whole process again and again. So there are a couple of steps that's like that. And some of the steps are really narrow. So there's no way for me to land my crutches. So in order to safely climb up, and some of the angles are really steep. On my last day, I think the video that you have saw, it's, uh, it's my last day. Um, they called it the OMG step. And it's like you looking down and looking up. It's oh. like, oh my God, <laughs> OMG step. It looked terrifying for me. I don't know, 10 hours a day. 10 wow. hours. I, yeah. I don't think I could walk 10 hours. Like I know I couldn't walk 10 hours a day, never mind going uphill and never mind with all the stuff that you had to worry about too, right? And the scary now. Oh, anyway, how yeah. did it feel when you got to the top after all the, the pain? <laughs> I was so hungry. <laughs> I was so hungry. I remember halfway at the stair, I, I told I told my tour leader, I said, hey, can we have two lunch today? Really? And, you know, <laughs> people awesome. are thinking you must have like really inspirational, like epiphany happening going <laughs> on up there. No, I just want two hamburgers. And so it comes down to the fact that, you know, no matter no matter what's going on in our mind, what's going on ahead of us, no matter how big or painful it is, there's that moment that you just want to do something for yourself. Mm -hmm. right? That's all you want. Just that one extra cozy blanket at night or just that warm tea, a cup of tea, someone pass it to you. Just that one little tiny thing would get you to the finish line. That's all we were looking for. We're not looking for like a big, huge epiphany or something that's like really um, life-changing moment and say, you know what, I did it. No, it was like a hamburger. 
the hamburger would have done it. I love that so much. That's the best. <laughs> I love that. And you know, tell me if, if tell me if I'm wrong, but if you think of just the end, you're missing out on the whole journey, right? So it's the journey that gets you that you have to be tough with yourself and that you learn the most about yourself, right? Like when you want to give up or when you want to like one more step, one more step. Because I think most people think, oh my God, like I asked you, it, instinctually I asked you, what was it like when you were done? Instead, I should have asked you, you know, how did you get yourself motivated to keep going? You know, that's the question, right? And, and see how I bypassed that whole question and I went straight to the experience, right? Because the experience is how I got there. Yeah. The destination, we already know that I have finished the climb. We already know that I have gotten there. But the journey is what takes us to the destination. And it is, you know, by the time I finished, it was like, oh, okay, that was it what more can I do? And wow. you start to thinking, want to do more. And I think that's really about the resiliency. Resiliency doesn't mean that you come off from a baseline and you stay at baseline. Resiliency means that you come from the baseline and you keep moving forward to elevate mm. to your next level, to your next best self, right? So you learn all these skills from the journey that you have traveled and these skills are going to be applied for the next level. You're not going to be the same person anymore as you're coming in. You're going to be a lot more better because you already have learned the skill on that journey. So, wow. so I feel that it's not the destination that matter. It's the journey, the experience that how you got here, that is what's going to count. And yes, it hurt like hell. It was hurting. It, every moment, every step, it was a push-up. Right. So because I was walking on both crutches. And so every moment it was how how much further are we there yet? Are we there yet? And I remember I keep asking my tour guide, are we there yet? And the guy kept lying to me. Yeah, a hundred feet, a hundred feet. And here I am. I'm like, I told I have totally no idea of what that translates, like how far it is. So I just kind of have to go, go with whatever he's telling me. A hundred feet. Got it. Okay. A hundred feet comes. Are we there yet? No. Okay, let's just keep going, right? Because 100 feet is really getting me closer. So each, each step, each 100 feet, you learn something new about yourself. You enjoy the conversation with the tour guide. I got to know him. I know his family. I know what ambitions and dream that he has. You start having these conversations along the journey. And there's always people passing me by. And they're all turning and giving me thumbs up. And what I have learned by the time I got to Machu Picchu is that it was that the fact that I can be an inspiration. Mm -hmm. My purpose is an inspiration. Absolutely, you are. And that's why I'm here. My, my purpose, and I remember getting on that journey because I was looking for that, in, looking for that purpose. I was questioning myself, why am I here? Why do I exist? And so that journey led me to really understanding what my purpose is. And oftentimes I tell people that, you know, my purpose is not just to give you an inspiration. My purpose is really to give you in, get you into the inspo action. It's the inspiration with the action piece. <laughs> oh, that, that's so cool. I love it. What are some of the things you would say to yourself when you're like, were you, did you have moments where you were like, okay, I'm ready to quit, but I can't go back now. Like, 
what kind of things did you say to yourself to because that guide sounds amazing he sounded very encouraging right but what do you yeah but I don't know what kind of things did you were you faced with like internally internally I I would say in the in the beginning it was can I do this I keep questioning myself are you sure about this? Is this something that you want? Like, why would you even want to do this in the first place? What are you trying to prove? And so there was a lot of self-doubt and not knowing whether or not I can do this, whether or not I can actually finish it. Because two days before the hike, I actually came down with stomach flu. Oh. So I was I was living in, I got sent to the, uh, the hospital, their clinic for a day and they had to hook up some uh, uh, IV injection and to keep me hydrated and gave me some uh, anti- antiviral um, medication. Yeah. And so that happened two days before. Oh. And I remember calling, calling my sister and I said, hey, this is what's happening. I'm in the clinic. Um, and I remember she was screaming over the phone, you need to come back here. What are you doing? You're going to kill yourself. There's no one who's going to take care of you over there. You need to come back. And there I was, I was thinking, well, do I really want to do this? You know, what, what is this all about? But I decided that there was something else that was calling me. And sometimes we listen to that voice of negativity. But, you know, other times that voice of inspiration, that voice is actually guiding us to be, to, to do something that we had never thought about if we had listened to the true vo- voice of wisdom. Mm. And that voice was telling me, you need to do this. And you're going to prove to yourself that you're capable of doing this, nothing else. That's just finish this. And so a lot of time I would tell myself, you can do this and we're going to finish this and we're going to go home. We're going to have a hot shower. We're going to have that hamburger. Don't worry about it. Your hand will heal. You're not going to break them. Don't worry about it. You know, if anything that's going to break, it's going to be your crutches and not your, not your wrists. So just stick to it. Ask for hot water. So every night when I got to the campsite, that's what I would ask. I would ask bucket of hot water, soak my hand in there so that my wrist doesn't hurt um, the next day. Hmm. So I just keep telling myself, just hang in there, keep going. There's a reason why you, you're doing this. Just trust the process. Just trust it. Hmm. And it's not like you're sleeping in this comfortable, you know, you're sick. <laughs> what no. were the, what were the sleeping quarters? Like, was it comfortable enough that you could actually, you're probably so tired. You just slept. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. We, we, we kept out. So uh, each one of us have a tent. Yes. Uh, we had about 10 people coming from all over the country uh, that were all, all over the world that we met um, to be on this tour. And so there's 10 of us and some of them came with their friends, family or their, their spouse. Um, I went along. So I got one of those smaller tents and I was, um, you know, they set up the tent for me and it's a hard, just floor, just hard floor. We're camping outside. We really toughed it out. Can I ask why you wanted to do it alone? I, I think I've always imagined myself being a loner. I because I think a lot of that self-judgment and that body shaming led me to believe that there's no one for me out there. You know how there's like people always say, oh, there's always someone out there for me, for you. Don't worry about it. That significant others, you know, someone who loves you will, will come show, they will show up. There's always that belief that I, I don't belong anywhere and there's a deeper and bigger meaning for me. 
and that I am not supposed to find that person and there is no such person for me. So I'm on my own. I'm going to take care of myself. I'm on my own because I was meant to be someone who's bigger. Oh, and do you know now that you are enough? Oh, more than, more than enough. So, so I used to think that um, I'm this ordinary person. Mm. Now I think there's nothing ordinary about me. That I'm, I'm this extraordinary. That's, that's who I am. Yes. And there's a reason why I am extraordinary because I have a message that I want to share with people. And that's what's extraordinary about it. I need to, it, it just had to be me going through that journey, having that car accident, going through all this life changing and experience or negativity because life has a deeper and bigger meaning and purpose for me. I wasn't meant to be, to be playing small. I wasn't meant to be, um, you know, belonging just to a family. I belong to a bigger place. Mm. And now you're helping other people, right? You're helping other people be courageous and finding their purpose and living more authentically and finding some resilience and amazing. I love that. I love when people go through something and then they, they know what it feels like. So they want to help other people. I think that's so beautiful. Yeah. It, it's not, it's not about me anymore. And mm-hmm. I, I feel like after going through that journey, it's not about me. M- me, it's not important. I am not important. What I can do on this earth by sharing my message, that is my purpose. And it was a given purpose by universe want me to do something here using this vehicle. Sometimes I, I imagine this is just a vehicle and the way that I talk, the, way, the reason why I'm speaking is because this is my mission and, and the universe is using me as the vehicle to spread the message around, to spread the message across. And that's what I'm doing. It's not about gaining that publicity. It's not gaining the visibility. It's none of it. None that's of that. Toby. That's for Toby. That's for Toby, yes. <laughs> exactly. That's for Toby. That's what Toby needs to do. But for me, my mission and my purpose is to help others so they can shine. And this is an analogy that I was sharing with uh, one of my uh, coach friends. And they say, oh my gosh, you know, Michelle, you're such a star. You're a superstar. I said, you, you are a superstar too. And the reason why you're a superstar, let me tell you why. Because if you look at the galaxy, there are so many planets and all these little tiny stars. Each star does not shine by themselves. The star, it, it, they shine is because it's a reflection of another planet, another star, another planet. Uh, 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 universe um uh, a gal- in the galaxy that's why the star will shine so the fact that each and every single one of us exists we are stars you and i are stars your your shine your star your shiny is going to influence mine and that's what makes me shine and same thing with others you know we're just a whole bunch of stars in this galaxy and that that's why we're here we're helping each other shine i love that analogy so much because we don't do it alone you know people who feel alone it's been proven that they they can't accomplish the same things not because they're not capable you know not because of any of those negative things but 
we do need the support of other people. We need the community. We need to have each other. It's so important. Um, that's one of the things that I, you know, I talk about on my podcast is, is ending loneliness because I find that if you feel alone in life, there's no movement. You cannot move forward because you just don't feel like you deserve love. Why aren't people wanting to embrace me? Why do I have to be alone? Is it because I'm unlovable, right? So I think it's so, so important that we all feel that and that we all try to find things that make us, um, like sometimes people say, well, I, I'm a little bit shy. I don't want to join a group or I don't want you know, but you can do things by helping other people, like you're doing the coaching by helping other people and sharing your experiences, you know, anything that we do that can help others and not just help ourselves, you're including other people. So in, you know, in that sense, you're already hopefully making them feel a little bit less lonely, right? Mm -hmm. So it's so important that you have that. I love that you're describing, you know, the shininess, because it's true, you reflect on each other. We all play a part in each other's lives, right? Like even meeting you today, like my word for 2022 is elevate, right? So I was like, I was, you know, reading up on you a bit and learning a little bit about, you know, I was like, oh my goodness, I meant to meet Michelle. <laughs> it's funny how these things happen, right? Yeah. <laughs> And I was saying that I'm a yes woman. So anyone who reach out to me, I'm going to say yes to you no matter what. <laughs> See, I used to be, but for me, I was, I was saying yes to things I didn't really want to do. So I stopped, mm. but it was yeah. a different type of yes. But for me, I had to stop and I'm sort of like, no, I need to do something that I feel my heart is in it too, right? So you kind of got to, eh, you know, get your boundaries and priorities and everything. Um, yeah. Michelle, I know that you speak a little bit about storytelling. Mm -hmm. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because I know that you have a book and your book sounds amazing. And I'd love to tell people how we can get it and tell us a little bit about how it's about, you know, what it's about. And um, yeah, just, you know, tell us a little yeah. bit about your the book. <laughs> of course. Uh, so my book is called Perfectly Normal and Immigrant Stories of Making It um, in America. Um, it's basically a memoir in autobiography where I talked about my journey. Um, it starts when I was born in Taiwan in a very little, small, tiny village. And I remember the place I was born, it was the size of a regular American garage. So you basically fit one king bed, king bed or queen bed, and you have your vanity furniture on the side, and that was it. That's where I was born. And growing up, it was just, like I said, you know, it was just a very ordinary childhood, nothing special. And then I talked about how the accident had happened and what the journey after the accident, up until the point where I reached to the point of uh, getting certified as a life coach. <clears throat> and back then when I was still working at life coach, um, I almost felt like a lot of what I have written in the book, it was really a, a journey of how I, in my past life, mm -hmm. I, I considered the point where I really step into my true power in being a coach and helping more people. It was a point of a new, new life, a new journey. Mm -hmm. So the book, I really consider it as a letter of completion where I have written it. It was about my journey in the past and what are some of the things that were holding me back and how did I come to a conclusion that, you know, when you have love, 
you need to, you need to, the only way that we can give love is when we become love. Mm. And your being, your own true being, that heart-centered way of living your truth is going to inspire so many people around you and they're going to see you as the leader. And the way that you lead is that you lead them so that they can become the leader in their own life. And so that's what the book is about, how I became a coach and all the journey beforehand. And so I love storytelling because storytelling is really how we connect with each other. You know, I remember I was a kid, I used to uh, drag my mom every, every single day. Can you tell me a story? And then my mom would just tell me a lot of stories. And I learned through stories. Mm -hmm. There's all, always these morals and, you know, ethics, uh, the way that we should be, the way that we are being as human. Um, and that has been passing down from generation to generation through storytelling. I dated way back in the 800 BCs and, you know, in, in the, in the, literature that's on the wall and everything that we pass down it's all about storytelling and the storytelling connects people to people and I think it's really important for us to know that you you have a story too and when you tell a story that story is going to inspire or do a, a create a ripple effect to mm -hmm. someone else's life so if you've been telling yourself some negative stories then how about let's stand back and tell yourself a different story, right? Yeah. Yeah, we have to believe in ourselves. If we don't believe in ourselves, we can't help others believe in themselves. Mm -mm. You know, we have to start with giving to ourselves, right? That's why what you were saying too, that's why I love books. You know, I love movies, but I love books more because with movies, you see it through the lens of the director, right? With mm -hmm. books, you could read a book and I could read the same book and because of our experiences, we read different things into it sometimes that we need to, to heal, especially memoirs. Um, I released a memoir last, uh, 2021 as well. And it was so healing for me, you know? And I just, I since then I've met so many people who have written their own and, you know, sending me books and, and I'm purchasing these books and just reading, it really gets that connection, builds that connection so much stronger to understand somebody um, it's hard to put your feelings out there. It's hard to be honest. Um, but then you get to a point where the more honest you are, the more healing happens. So I love memoirs. I honestly do. So congratulations on your book. I can't wait to check it out. Thank you. I'm going to check out yours. Oh, thank you. <laughs> this is, this is so great. I'm so proud of you. And it's just, you know, you could have easily, your life could have easily been different. You could have easily believed perhaps some other people's opinions or said, you know, this is too hard. I can't do it. You know, and a lot of us do that. A lot of us do that. And, you know, I did that at some points in my life. And um, now I know different, but then I didn't. And I wish I had stretched myself a little bit more you know and I think a lot of us that are you know a lot of people that are listening sometimes maybe have faced that in their life where I just can't go on I just can't do this I just can't do this but as you learn to love yourself I think you have to prove it to yourself to really like you're saying elevate to push yourself where you thought you would never go mm -hmm. you know and and you know when I asked you about why you went by yourself 
the reason I asked you is I find that a lot of people's journeys that really change who they are, are done in solace first and then in community. Yes. Yes. I, I think that's very true because it's your, you know, each one of us, and, and you kind of bring me back the area of uh, Joseph Campbell. He talked about the hero's journey, right? Mm-hmm. And, and in the book, he had mentioned that each one of us are heroes and a hero has to be on that journey alone, on that hero's journey. So no one else can do it for you besides just you. Mm. And so it's a, it's a journey of the outward as well as the inward. Mm. So it's a journey that you're going to have to travel on your own and just be curious and be brave. And I often say that, you know, for people who's, who's stuck in believing that there is no choice or they don't know what to do, what direction to go, is this it, you know, is this my life and this is how it ends. So I always encourage people to think about, it's like flipping a coin. You know, the coin has two sides. You're sitting here, you're probably wondering, okay, so what, what, which side do I go? What direction do I go? Once you flip it, it all it takes is just that one little tiny step in flipping the coin. You're not going to know like which side of the, the coin it's going to land. But the fact that you flip that coin, you're giving yourself an opportunity to see what might be different. And it's just that one single idea of that you have a choice in life. You can choose to believe that this is it, you're stuck, you're, it's never ending, it's not going to go anywhere. Or you can choose to believe that there's a, there's a different outcome. If you just stick to it a little longer, that's all, you, that's all it takes. Just stick one, to 100 it feet. 100 feet, right? 100 feet, just a little longer. And just stay curious about what happened in the next 100 feet. That's got to be the, the title of your next book, 100 <laughs> Feet. The Yes Girl Goes 100 Feet <laughs> Beyond. That's a great, that's a great book. <laughs> the yes Girl Goes Beyond 100 Feet. It's like, I totally understand because it's sort of like, you know, there's two things that I say, even though we need community, like we need each other, like you were saying, we need the shining of the stars. It does start with us. And so many times I say, nobody's coming to save you. I said that to myself. I said, nobody's coming to save you. Because I'm like, why aren't people coming to save me? If I'm miserable, if I'm in depression, why aren't people? Am I so unlovable that nobody can see how much pain I'm in? That's how I used to think. And now it's like, no, nobody's coming to save me. I have to want this. Once I want it and I start to trust, like what you're saying, you know, flip the coin, right? Try, mm-hmm. Just start to trust in something bigger. It all starts to fall into place and then you're ready. You can get the help. You can reach for those people. But I think it does have to start with us by ourselves. Yeah, yeah. And, and which is why, you know, I encourage people to think of yourself as the hero or the shero, right? We all have a shero or hero yeah, within us. It. And that's the person that's going to come out and save us. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, it was a very lonely journey. But in the end, you're going to find yourself that you are so much bigger and better. Um, So I'm getting a little teary as we're talking about this. Me too. I feel like (laughs) I've already had a couple. I don't know if you can see. Because it is a very lonely journey sometimes. But... The truth is, you've done it. I've done it. 
there are other people who decided to stick around and just go for it. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not gonna polish it and saying that, oh yeah, it's so easy, you can do this. No, that's not, that's not why we're here. The reason why we're here is because I know I, it gets hard. It, it's going to get hard before it gets easy. But if you just stick one another hundred feet and just be curious about what happened in the next hundred feet and just keep trusting and having that faith, right? Within yourself that there's a shiro or hero mm. and it's right there, right there available to you. And there's always us. We can always help. Yeah. We got you. And we can't, yeah. And we can't see, we can't see how far we've come if we don't have any darkness either. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I think we all have that. It's just a matter of, you know, d- different things that happen to us. But yeah, things can get very dark and, and we can, we all give up on ourselves sometimes. And it, those are the days that, you know, sometimes we have to be kind to ourselves and we need to feel that too. You know, you need to feel the pain sometimes. You can't ignore it. You know, on my journey, I ignored my pain for 12 years and brought me more pain and more problems. So that's not the way to do it either, you know, but it's okay to allow yourself those days. We all have those days, yeah. you know, but. Yeah. Uh, and, but and you can always call us to have a pity party. Yeah. <laughs> but then don't stay there. That's the only thing, you know. Oh, uh, you know, when I watched your video, I encourage everybody to watch it on YouTube. But when I, when I watched it, I was so emotional. Because it wasn't the fact that you were climbing. It was, I was thinking, what is she thinking? How does she feel? You know, and I, I don't know. It just like, I was able to connect with it. And I'm like, wow, the the push that she had to give herself, you know, the pain that she's enduring. And that moment that you finished that smile through the screen, I was like, oh my God, I can't wait to meet her. You know, it's just, you had like, you were just glowing, you know, and everybody around you was so happy for you. And it was just like, oh, that's the feeling I want the world to have. No matter what it is that we do, the feeling, that happy smile, you know, that you had, this is just beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> it was not easy. <laughs> How was the burger? Did you have the burger? That's oh, yeah, question. for sure. You I had a burger, a burger and a pizza. I had a burger and a pizza. <laughs> At the top of Machu, How did you find a burger up there? So once you get into Machu Picchu, inside Machu Picchu, they have like restaurant because there's two ways that you get to Machu Picchu, right? So some people travel by train and I went the hard way. I I was, I was that point of proving myself wrong, right? So I decided to go through the hallway. I I could have easily chose to ride on the train and just enjoy my burger once I got hop off the train. But no, we decided to take the long way, the most difficult way. Please tell me that you took the train away after you did not walk back. (laughs) No, no, that part I did. I took the train. I remember uh, taking the train. It was an eight hour train ride. It was the most beautiful thing. So glad I did it. And right after the the train ride, we head over to uh, Amazon. So I got, I stayed in a week in Amazon. Yeah. Oh, I got to see those pictures sometime. That sounds beautiful. So what, what's next for you, Michelle? Next would be my my goal and dream is I want to be able to speak to more people. Mm. I I believe that every single one of us can dream big and do more. And 
yes, life is difficult, life is challenging, but I'm hoping that I can bring my message out to more people. Um, so I have this vision, this goal of I want to be able to stand in front of a thousand, ten thousand people mm. where they can they get to hear my story. Mm. And I want to I hear want to see that story. happen. I, I got to see that happen. Story. Yeah. Yeah. That's I want to invite people to come onto the stage and share their story. Mm. That's what I want. I love that so much. That's fantastic. And I love that you have a podcast because, you know, then you can share as well. Right. And it's, it's such a good way, I think, to connect with people as well, especially with COVID and everything. Sometimes you can't get out and, you know, still able to give you that kind of human connection. You know, mm -hmm. I believe that you're going to get there because people do need to hear people need to hear that. Uh, I think, uh, how do I say this? When we have struggles, um, it's really about being just human, you know, and I think that we all no one struggle. We all struggle. We struggle differently, but our pain is our pain. Like not one pain is bigger than another person's pain. You know, yeah. maybe the situation is more dire or whatever it is, but like, I can't, I was speaking to somebody in Africa yesterday in Kenya and um, their pain and the things that are going on there are nothing like what I'm experiencing here in Canada. Nothing. There is no comparison but I also don't know what it's like to live there. So I have to be kind to myself mm -hmm. and just say, okay, but my pain is also real. Yeah. You know, my depression, my, all my struggles there, it's still real for me. Um, you know, and I think that that's okay. I think we need to all be, be our best friends sometimes, you know, and believe. And sometimes trusting in something that we maybe don't even trust completely. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah flip the coin like you said yeah and knowing there's always help right yeah. I, I think that's also important just allowing ourselves and asking for help I think one of the things that I was struggling with is I didn't want to be seen different and I don't want to be feel judged so a lot of time even if I do need help uh, for example going to a grocery reaching up stuff on the shelf I hesitate to ask because I don't want people to look at me differently so I don't ask Mm. And the reality is, you know, we create the boundary for ourselves. So if you're going to build your wall high by, you know, not asking for help when you need it, then there's no one can, no one's going to be able to cross that wall. No one's going to be able to cross that boundary. Um, mm. So I, I think it's also important to not only to give ourselves the grace of Yes, you know, it can be hard and you're going to resort, reserve yourself to, to protect yourself, but also give other people an opportunity to cross that wall so that they can help you. And when you do, when you let your guard down, when you let your wall down, you're going you're gonna to see how much people around you are dying to give you the love that you deserve. Mm. Yeah, because sometimes we put up the biggest walls, right? Yeah. And if you are that person that sees that somebody needs some help and you're the one at the grocery store, you know, maybe just ask instead of like, do you hate when people just automatically assume you need help? 
I, I used to take it very personal. Now I, I said, yes, I actually appreciate you. Oh, thank you. And, or I let people open the door for me nowadays. I will wait. Mm. Yeah, I used to be very strong and open my own door. Mm. And nowadays I actually wait until they catch up and they're more than happy to open the door for me. If I give them a chance, right? Give people a chance to show their love for you. Yeah. Otherwise you could just grow up angry. You know, yeah, and yeah, that's a good lesson, you know, because sometimes um, people don't know how to act or why they think they have to act differently when there's people around them that are different than them, yeah. you know, and, and I don't know why that is, but um, maybe they don't want to offend you or maybe they don't want to ask because it's the wrong thing. Sometimes people don't know what the right thing is. You know, they could be thinking, okay, that girl looks like she needs help. Should I ask? Should I just do it? Should I pretend I don't see her? Like, there's just so many. It's true, right? There's a lot of like, yeah, we, we tell a lot of stories to ourselves. Yes. <laughs> Even the person who wants to help tells stories to them. What are, are they going to get mad? Are they going to, you know, and sometimes just ask, you know, do you need help? And we're hoping that you're going to be honest. Yes or no. Right. And the yeah. more secure you are in yourself, that you don't judge yourself for what you can and cannot do then the, so you're going to be like, yeah, open the door for me, dude. Like I need to, you know, I'm tired. Like just open I've actually door. done it in the past where, you know, the guy, the guy is like standing behind me. I'm like, so are you going to get the door for me? <laughs> and I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. I'm going to get the door. I'm going to show you if you want me to get the door, but I will wait and say, are you going to get the door for me? <laughs> like, and come you don't you don't go out of the way to take advantage of people no. but when when it is time when it is appropriate just express it and and i think this is something that we can all learn is just to express your feeling it's okay to be emotional it's okay to to you know feel that you need help it's mm -hmm. okay for all of that because you're human and it's perfectly normal to feel that way uh we all do so mm -hmm. it it doesn't it doesn't make you any any um you know different than us it just makes you part of us it. it's that sense of yeah. belonging because yeah. you know some of us have our disabilities on the outside and some on the inside yeah you know like the only difference between me and you is that i could see yours perhaps mm -hmm. and yeah. you can't see mine but it makes sometimes it's worse because you're not you hide it you know, and you're able to hide it easier. So mm -hmm. there's just so many things to learn, so many things. So yeah, if you're listening out there and you're curious about people, ask, don't stare, don't assume, watch the way that you say things, how you say things, you know, because you don't, you don't know. The person that you're, you're curious about uh, may be the one person in life who really makes you love yourself. You don't know what that person's going to do for you. You don't know what that connection is going to bring to your life, how inspiring it can be, or maybe they need your help. You, know, you just don't know. Right. Yeah. yeah. Don't assume. Yep. Exactly. We all know what happened when we assume. Yes. <laughs> so how can we connect with you, Michelle? If people want to work with you, where can we find you? Yeah, so the best way to find me is through my website. It's at elevatelifecoaching.org. Or if people want to find me on social media, um, I'm really very active on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook. If you type in my name, Michelle yeah. Quay, it's going to come up everywhere. 
and you check out her YouTube video and her book. Yep. And, and, and my book. book. So best way is just go to my website. Yeah. Oh, and her podcast. Oh my goodness. She's such a busy woman and her podcast. <laughs> Can I'm you- a yes woman. <laughs> Yes. And I want to see that next book, The Yes Woman Beyond 100 Steps. Okay. So <laughs> you, you got it. You got it on the podcast. So I, 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 I can't say no now. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode. If you enjoyed what you heard, please subscribe or leave a review. See you next week on the Giving Starts With You podcast.